This is Survival Radio Network. Thank you so much for helping us to reach over 2 million downloads. You're listening to The Paula G Show, where we expand the mindset through worldwide conversations. You can stay connected with my radio, my television shows, by visiting my website, ApologyVoice.com. You can also join our group page, The Paula G Show. You can like us on social media, our business pages, Paula G, or My Journey with Paula G. And you can also subscribe to my YouTube channel, Paula G Voice. And thank you so much for all of you who have subscribe to my YouTube channel. It is a work in progress, and I appreciate y'all so very, very much. You can check out some snippets of these episodes on my YouTube channel. There's a, a playlist, Apologies Show, so you make sure you want to check that out. If you have any questions, comments, concerns, you'd like to be a guest or interested in underwriting opportunities, email me. Paula at PaulaGVoice.com. Also, I'd like to give shouts out to V Ferg for the opening and closing theme music for the Paula G Show and V Ferg's music can be found on Spotify, iTunes, and Tidal. Y'all have heard me say this each and every episode. What do I tell y'all each and every episode? Time is precious. It is the one thing that we simply cannot get back. And for you all to think it not robbery to spend an hour of your time right here on the Paula G Show is truly, truly appreciated. You know, I tell you all each and every week as we prepare for these shows, I do so with you all in mind. And I want to be sure by the end of this hour that you all can sit back and say, you know what, that was an hour well spent because I came away with some nuggets of information that I can utilize in order to enhance my everyday life. So thank you all so much for your support. Thank you all so much for tuning in. At the time of this podcast, we are and continue to be in the midst of this pandemic. And it definitely has been a journey. And I I just pray that you all are safe, that you're healthy, that you are well. If you are a first responder, one of those individuals that are on the front line, thank you. Thank you. Thank you for your service. Thank you for your sacrifice. Thank you for your courage. If you have lost someone due to this virus, our prayers, our heart goes out to you and your family at this time, an incredibly, incredibly difficult time. Each and every one of us, regardless of what is going on nationwide, worldwide, each and every one of us has the ability, each and every one of us has the power to make our own decisions as what as to what we feel is best for us. You do what you feel is best for you and is best for your family because we are indeed in some challenging times and it really calls for us to make decisions that are in the best interest of not only ourselves but as I as I have mentioned our families as well. So if you're listening live, thank you all so much for hanging with us right here, 8.30 p.m. on Wednesday evening. You're listening in podcast around the world. Thank you. I appreciate you all as you are listening. I hope you've had, will have 
or are having a wonderful day. A lot of you are listening live around the world to include the UK, which means it's about 1.30 in the morning for you all. So thank you all so much for, for your support, your continued support, and uh, just your continued encouragement as we continue this journey of expanding the mindset through worldwide conversations. And this evening, we're going to have a worldwide conversation. I'm excited to have this gentleman this evening. I'm honored to have this gentleman. He has dedicated his life to helping others who face life challenges. He's an ambassador. He's a leader. He's a survivor. He's a former NFL player, and he is here to join us this evening, ladies and gentlemen. Virtual welcome to the one and only Mr. Bobby Jones. Or Bobby Howard. How are you, sir? Did I, I am Bobby wonderful. Jones? Wonderful. I was a little confused there. I said, man, I think I called into the wrong show. I just wanted to see if you were paying attention. <laughs> <laughs> oh, man. How are you, sir? How are you? I am. How are you, how are you managing? I am time. truly blessed and fortunate and happy that I am alive. It is yes, a beautiful yes. day, and I know we have a lot of things going on in this world, but, you yes. know, we take it one day at a time and live each day to the fullest. That's my motto. That's it, one day at a time. Each day when we wake up and we open our eyes, you know, it, it, it's a beautiful thing. It definitely is a beautiful thing. And as you mentioned, we definitely are in some challenging times and we are seeing a spectrum of 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 leadership and a spectrum of leadership styles you hold a lot of leadership roles yourself what what is what does the outcome of good excellent honorable leadership look like for me when you talk about leadership, leadership Mm -hmm. is not about the individual who leads. Leadership to me is about the leadership skills that bring others up to the level that you are on. So when you are a true leader, you are able to inspire, ignite, and empower those who you are leading to come on the level that you are on. And when you can do that, that's a true sign of a leader. It's not always having the loudest voice and the greatest ideas. It's being able to cultivate, bringing people together, and showing them a path and giving them the power to be leaders themselves. Mm-hmm. How, can, can you think of a time or, or share with us a time where you, where you have instilled that in others and you, you've then seen it demonstrated? Well, one of the things um, with a lot of hats that I wear is one of the organizations that um, I lead, I am the uh, president of our NFL Former Players Atlanta chapter here in Atlanta. And when I took over the position, we were what we say in the red. We weren't doing very well. And the Mm -hmm. team that I assembled to work with me were some guys that um, didn't really come to meetings, weren't involved in doing a lot of things, but I saw – they had great potential. And mm-hmm. so that was the kind of team that I wanted around me. And I figured if they were loyal to me and I could show them how you communicate, how do you handle yourself in a business meeting, um, not planning um, everything at the last minute, 
taking time to be thankful and just thanking people and showing them that's the route that it takes for you to get over the hump to be more successful, not only in, in, in your in our NFL roles, but just in your mm-hmm. personal lives as well. So I've had two of my guys that um, were under under me that have gone on and done some great things. Um, they're still involved with the chapter, but they're just doing some mm-hmm. phenomenal things um, um, out there on their own. And it's just showing their time and say, man, Bobby, it's so great. You have shown me what it's like to network. You show me what it's like to be mm-hmm. around people. You show me that when I go to a meeting, I don't know anyone. I shouldn't stand in the corner. I need to go around and introduce myself, hold my head up high, throw my shoulders back, and and and, mm-hmm. and show people that I belong. Wow, wow, that you know that is that is really huge, and that and that so, says a lot because that's probably I would dare say that's probably a transition for a lot of the players. And you know, I, I was thinking about this, and I'm glad you mentioned that. That you know our our military population. I'm using this analogy. Our military population, when they transition from active duty to retirement, or transition from a combat environment to civilian environment, that can be a challenging transition. That can be a huge transition. That can be a challenging. Um, you know, transition for some, it's, it's seamless, but for others, it can be a challenge because it's a different, you know, it's a different lifestyle. Um, you know, the adrenaline may not necessarily, or the or the the force behind the adrenaline may not necessarily be there. And there's a small population of men and women, percentage-wise, if we look at this you know, nationwide, small population of men and women who protect this country. So I use that analogy when I say that there's also, when, when, when we're looking at the big picture, and correct me if I'm wrong, when we look at the big picture, there's a small population of, when it comes to the NFL, there's a small population of men that are part of this former NFL fraternity. What would you want the public to know about that fraternity of men who have served on the football field, but their voice may not have have necessarily been heard? Well, well, almost in your comparison is that Mm -hmm. it's a small fraternity of men who've made it to a Mm -hmm. level that a lot of other men Mm -hmm. had the dreams of making it to. But mm-hmm. when those playing days are over and uh, the cheers of the crowd are gone, a lot of men are sort of lost because that support mm-hmm. system is no longer there. So yeah. you're dealing with a, a lot of fragile men who've been athletes all their lives, and they've never yeah. been taught to function in society. So mm. when, the, when when we come out of the game, we're a little fragile, and we don't know a lot. Mm-hmm. And I think that's why you see a lot of guys being taken advantage of. Because mm-hmm. once the game is over, you lose your support system. Yes. And now wow. you have to figure it out on your own. Fortunately, now there's a lot of things that are changing within the ball clubs that they are providing this sort of help to these mm-hmm. gentlemen so they're not out there in the wilderness by themselves when the, when the lights go off. So for the general public, you're dealing with some fragile men, but they're gentlemen. 
and they mm-hmm. just they just have to take time to get to get adapt to the world. You know, you hear people say, "Well, how could they lose all that money? They made all this money at one time, mm-hmm. and they've lost it all." There's a lot of vultures out there, and oh, when gosh. you make a Come lot, on. folks hover around you, and yes. you think these folks are really um, around you to Genuine. because they like you and they care about mm-hmm. you. They're there just to get in your pocket. And even with our own family and friends as former athletes or athletes, period, we feel we have mm-hmm. an obligation to take care of our family, our friends, and everyone else mm-hmm. that we that came up with us. So we don't know a whole lot or we didn't know a whole lot. So it's very important that when you come across someone who's an athlete is that mm-hmm. they're fragile. Just same with military mm-hmm. men. They're fragile. Mm-hmm. Military men mm-hmm. have seen things that I will never see in my entire life. Mm-hmm. And they're fragile. And so yeah. when we, we, we treat them as human beings and not treat them like, oh, I don't care about you because you had this and I didn't have that. That's mm-hmm. not the issue because we're still human beings. And as far as people who truly care about you, I don't think I've met a football player that wouldn't do anything to help another human being because it was a right. struggle to get to that level. Mm-hmm. And I think that's so, so, and you know, as I was preparing for the show and thinking about this and even conversations that I, that, you know, that I've had, um, you know, with a couple of players and I really feel when, when I, you know, as I'm listening to you and as I was having conversations, my, my heart was really going out because as a former military spouse, you know, I was army wife for 23 years. Mm-hmm, so mm-hmm. as a former, so as a former military spouse, you know, having observed that transition, that's, that can be a lonely, frustrating place. You know, pe- people see, you know, I used to use the analogy, you know, people see the happy homecomings on the tarmac on CNN, but they don't see behind the veil. Yes. You know, they don't see that first night home. I'm not saying all, all first night home after um, active duty or what have you is, 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 is difficult. I'm not saying that, but in some cases they don't see that first night and the weeks um, after that and the months after that and the years after that, you know, making, having to make that transition. And like you said, when you spend your whole life, pretty much a whole adult life, um, and in the case of the players, at um, you know, from a very young age, in one particular field, and that's all you know, you know, and then you and then you have to transition. That's that that that's huge. And I think, you know, that is something that the public really needs to hear and understand and appreciate. Yes, because that you know, uh, I always say, at one point, I was your hero. Mm-hmm. And Ooh, after on. the curtain fell, I'm come not your on, hero buddy. anymore. Yeah. And now when I'm not your hero, you look at me totally different. As long as I was mm-hmm. uh, giving you that opportunity to cheer, to have fun, to do what mm-hmm. you wanted to do in the stands to make you feel good, mm-hmm. then once that curtain fell, you look at me like, oh, you didn't do anything. Who mm-hmm. are you? And so mm-hmm. when you don't have that support system, and there's a lot of guys, and not just athletes. I mean, you look at military mm-hmm. guys, and when you prepare mm-hmm. for something, and you prepare and you prepare and you prepare and you make it, and then when yeah. it's over, now there's so much backlash of all mm-hmm. these things, and 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 we're not getting. It, it's almost in that comparison of going to school and playing football. 
being an athlete, mm-hmm. you don't have the traditional college lifestyle because once you study, everything else is athletics. So you don't have that point. traditional college where you're getting to meet all these people and all those things. Most of your friends are mm-hmm. other athletes because you're in that struggle together, just like military guys. When they're through with mm-hmm. military, most of their friends are military guys. Right. Because you, you have that connection, you understand. Mm-hmm. And and then when you're a former athlete, one of the biggest downsides to being a former athlete is that every room you walk into, I don't want to talk about sports all the time. I have more of an intellect to me than athletics. We can talk politics. We can talk books. We can talk all kind of things. But for some reason, people want to always talk about sports. Mm-hmm. And you're minimizing my intellectual capacity. Yeah. So when, 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 when we are out there, it, I think it's just real important to have that understanding is that we don't want to be treated as no one differently. We're human mm-hmm. beings. We're just human beings who happen to uh, make it to, to to somewhere that a lot of other guys didn't make it to, and now we have to transition into life. We want to be accepted, not as an athlete. It's great to use the, the athletics to get me where I need to go, but I still mm-hmm. have intellectual properties that I'd like to share. Yes, yeah, and there's, there's so much more, you know, um, you know, to each player than their career in football. As as yes. huge as that is, there's still so much more to them than their career in football. What what do you say to those who may criticize the salaries that 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 athletes make? What would you say to those who criticize? Well, my quick smart answer I tell most folks. Go ahead. Well, if you if you yeah. stop paying all the money, they wouldn't make it. Stop paying and going and buying jerseys, they wouldn't make all the money. Uh-huh. Okay? But it's a, it, it's a career that you chose just like some people right. choose to be a doctor, some choose to be this, mm-hmm. some people choose to do that. Don't fault mm-hmm. them because that's the going rate of the salaries today. Mm-hmm. I mean, you know, you never hear anyone talk about the salaries that the entertainers make. Right. right. Never anyone's talking then- about, I mean, the entertainers and their longevity and their careers are a lot longer. The average career right. of a football player it's 3.7 years. That's average. Yeah. So if and you want to give me if you want to give me 5 million bucks for 2 years, I will gladly mm-hmm. take and I think everyone out there would take those odds as well. Yeah. Because you look at I'm glad I'm glad you made that point because you look at the the tenure which you just mentioned what 3 3 3 to 5 years three, maybe 3, three years 3.7 yes, three. is average. 3.7 so that's the average. That's that's the tenure right there, yes. which is really no tenure. And then also look at the risk factor when it comes to injury. Yes, that's almost that's and it, you know within the well, you know within the military you know the, the military personnel are paid, but then when they are out on the battlefield, there's such a thing as hazard duty pay. Yes. So you, you got hazard duty pay every Sunday afternoon or Monday yes. afternoon or Monday night. Mm-hmm. That's hazard duty pay right there. So those are some things to to you know that 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 need to be considered. You know those who are who are critics, I believe. And then, and then in the long with. run, if you look at it and 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 you you take the salary, let's say a football player, he makes mm-hmm. five million dollars over his three year career. You mm-hmm. take a physician who mm. may be making three hundred thousand dollars a year. 
He can mm-hmm. be a physician from the age of 25 to 75. That's a 50-year yeah. career. Okay? His salary mm-hmm. quadruples or whatever that math that math is compared to mm-hmm. the $5 million you're going to make in three years. And the actuality mm-hmm. is the salary of a football player, you never see all that money anyway. Because you got there's so much you pay out because your tax bracket is so high, so you're getting taxed yeah. out of yin. You got agents, you got a, the person who, who mm-hmm. negotiated the contract. There's so much stuff that goes into it, and it's a thing of you get paid when you play. So just because mm-hmm. I signed a five million dollar contract, if I play for the Atlanta Falcons today and they cut me tomorrow, I don't get any money because I didn't play. Wow. I'm glad you share. I'm glad you're sharing this because. It enlightens people, you know. So the next time you're sitting at a, at a football game, or you know, the next time they're critical of, of salaries or you know something a player does or doesn't do on the field, perhaps they'll think about this conversation and have a greater appreciation. Yes. Really, for for the for the for the I, I would dare say use the word sacrifice. Mm-hmm. Is that fair? Yeah. Well, you're sacrificing your body to entertain. Yeah, there you go. Ooh, say that again, Bobby. I like you are sacrificing your body to entertain. Yes. Yeah. 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 Because that's truly all it is is entertainment. Mm Mhm. Mhm. And that's a price to pay every week. Yes. Yes. That's a price to pay every week. Definitely a price to pay. The the players that you uh, now interact with, you're president of the NFL Former Players Association in Atlanta. What are what are some of the things that some of the players have um, engaged in? What are what are some of the maybe the talents or the skills or well, well from um, from the from the mm-hmm. chapter standpoint, our biggest thing like we give out six scholarships a year. Three scholarships to young ladies and three to young mm-hmm. men, which totals ten thousand dollars. And we've been mm-hmm. doing that probably for the past twenty plus years. Yeah. And um, uh, we do that. That's our biggest thing. You know, we have golf tournaments to raise money, um, but we really go out and help others. Um, we volunteer for you name an organization. If you call me or call one someone in our leadership and say, "Hey, we need a couple guys to support this." We go out mm-hmm. because that's what we're supposed to do. We read books to children. Um, you know, we do football camps. Um, yeah. We judge um, cheerleading competitions. You know, we do fishing tournaments. Of, you know, you name it, we're out there. Mm-hmm. Um, but the biggest thrill that we get is helping others. We go f- help feed the homeless. Um, you know, we um, um, SCLC does a big Christmas dinner for their seniors. We support mm-hmm. that. This past year we had – 42 guys show up and feed over 2,000 seniors. And, um, you know, we feed them lunch and, you know, just a, a, a lot of things we're involved in um, because we want to show it's a give back. We feel that yes. you guys supported us, so now it's our mm-hmm. time to support you. Yes, yes. And, and I, you know, I, a few years back, I can't remember which player it was. I remember interviewing uh, one of the NFL players, and in his retirement, he said he had started writing children's books. Mm-hmm. And I thought that was 
So that was such a beautiful thing, you know. And, 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 and you know, we have guys who have all type of careers. We have guys who are politicians. Yeah. We have barbers. Mm-hmm. We have beauticians. We have teachers, coaches, you know, um, healthcare physicians, surgeons. You know, so it's not a group of guys who don't have good intellectual properties. And, right. you know, financial advisors, bankers, I mean, you name it, we have guys who are doing it. That's amazing. That is just absolutely. And it's so good to hear because, you know, you, you, you can, you know, just like the analogy that I had given at the top of the show, you know, there's life after, after the military. We do learn that there's, you know, life after the military. Although I still, you know, rearrange the furniture in my house every three months just because <laughs> – I'm still, you know, it's been a number of years, but, mm-hmm. you know, when you move in every three years or so, you mm-hmm. know, you get used to, you know, you just, you don't, you don't have that settled blood, so to speak. So, yeah, mm-hmm. still rearrange furniture every, you know, three or so years. But it's just beautiful to see life on the other side of professional football and that it's vibrant and that it's wonderful and it's exciting and that these men are out there, you know, serving the community, giving back to the community, being engaged in the community, as well as embarking on some of their own gifts and talents and, and, and you know, embracing those. So shouts out to you gentlemen. Shouts out to you gentlemen. Looking Thank forward you. to, you know, all that you all are doing and that all of that you all continue to do in, in the community. We're going to go to break in a couple of minutes, but I have a couple more questions uh, for you. Okay. Okay. One of, one of, one of my questions is, um, or maybe not necessarily a question, but a statement. What else would you like to share with the public as you, you being the president of the former NFL uh, players being the voice, what else is it that you would like to share with the public on behalf of the players? Well, um, on behalf of the players, I just think that um, if there's anything that you may have that you would like to get some players involved, you know, we're very easy to reach. And, you know, um, my email address is bh5094 at gmail. You can shoot me an email, and we will try to work with you to make sure that your event or whatever you're doing is successful um, in doing it. And we just want to be pillars of the community. We want to be men who are there to give back and not take. All right, all right. And to the players who are, I'm not going to say maybe because I know they're listening, to the players, shouts out to you gentlemen, who are listening, what would you like to say to them? Well, to the guys who who, who are out there and who are former players, um, uh, hey, keep be safe out there in those streets. Um, keep living and keep giving back. All right. All right. We are going to take a break. And this has just been a wonderful conversation. I, you know, I always say where, you know, you and I have a conversation and the rest of the world's eavesdropping on our conversation. There you go. <laughs> we're gonna, yes, we're going to take a break. And when we come back on the flip side of the break, I want to continue this conversation and talk a bit about your personal journey and what drives you to help others who are facing life-threatening health challenges. If you're just joining us, this is the Paula G Show right here on Survival Radio Network, where we have worldwide conversations that expand the mindset. We are speaking with the one and 
only amazing Bobby Howard. <laughs> this evening on the Paula G Show, we're going to take a break, a uh, music break, listen to a bit of Paula's perspective, commercial, not necessarily in that order. And when we come back on the flip side, we will continue our conversation. This is Survival Radio Network, the Paula G Show. Ladies and gentlemen, we'll be back in a moment. Hey everyone, this is Paula G, and this is Paula's Perspective. There is a quote that states, The mind is a powerful force. It can enslave us or empower us. It can plunge us into the depths of misery or take us to the heights of ecstasy. The depths of misery or the heights of ecstasy. There are many who suffer with depression, PTSD and other disorders that hinder their ability to see past the moment. It hinders their ability to see beyond whatever storm of life they are encountering. It hinders their ability to recall that just like weather storms, the storms of life may linger for a while, but they all eventually pass and brighter days are ahead. When you get in a slump, in a funk, in a dreary mood, remember Storms pass and the sun always shines again. Your mind is a powerful force. Learn to use the power wisely. And as always, I leave you with this thought to ponder. The greatest conversation you will ever have is the one that takes place in between your ears, for it determines the direction of your destiny in life. What are you speaking over your destiny? This is Paula's Perspective. I am voice talent Paula G, and I would love to be a resource for you. Whether it's an intro, an outro, a commercial, PSA, tag, or more, consider Paula G the next time you have an audition or voiceover need. Email paula at paulagvoice.com. And remember, it's the voice that counts. Looking for a cafe with a home-like appeal where all who enter feel like they are part of something? Visit My Coffee Shop, located in East Lake, Atlanta, Georgia. MCS has a full breakfast and lunch menu, offering both hot and cold options, and is home of the amazing basil lemonade. But don't forget their assortment of freshly brewed coffees. Come on by at 2462 Memorial Drive, Atlanta, Georgia, 30317. We're pretty sure My Coffee Shop at East Lake will become your coffee shop, too. Do you have tax issues, owe back taxes, or need tax relief? Contact L&B Tax Service today. L&B offers you over 15 years of expertise and first-class tax service for individuals, professionals, and business owners. With nationwide service, you can easily find a location near you. Contact one of our tax professionals through our website, lbtaxservice.com. That's www.lbtaxservice.com. L&B Tax Service Incorporated. Tax professionals that you can trust. SRN Survival Radio Network.
And we are back. This is the Paula G. Show right here on Survival Radio Network. And we are having a dynamic conversation with my guest this evening, Mr. Bobby Howard. But before we go any further, I also want to remind you all, Thursday mornings, 1130 a.m. Eastern Standard Time, right here in Atlanta, WA2, that's T-O-O dot TV. My Journey with Paula G. airs. It also airs on Hulu, Roku, Apple TV, Truly, Google Play. Um, as well, and also in the DeKalb County area, if you are in the DeKalb County area, DeKalb 25 Access Channel, My Journey with Paula G. airs at 11 a.m. Thank you all so much for tuning in, because I know you all have been tuning in and, and have been giving me feedback about our TV show, so I really, really appreciate that, as well as the underwriters, not only for the Paula G. show, but My Journey with Paula G. Creekside Dental the Good Acting Studio, my coffee shop at East Lake, homegrown folks right here on Survival Radio Network, clicks photography with our very own Clark Garrison, and we continue to send him love and prayers as he continues to recuperate. Lusu Designs, Positive Power 21 Christian Media, the producers of My Journey with Paula G and LB Tax Service. So thank you all so very much for your support. Well, before the break, we were speaking with my guest this evening, and he was sharing with us a a bit of perspective uh, when it comes to our NFL players, both life during the NFL and life after the NFL. Just a lot of great insight. If you missed it, no worries. That's the beauty of podcasts. You can go back and listen. If you're listening, please feel free to share this this file with others and let us know, um, just, you know, let us know what you think of the conversation. All right, Bobby, sir. Yes, ma'am. We've been, we, we've been talking about the NFL. We've been talking about football, but now I want to talk about the force that drives the director of the multicultural donation education program at LifeLink of Georgia. What drives him? The drive is personal. Um, and, and, and LifeLink of Georgia, we are the organ procurement organization um, for the state of Georgia, basically that we recover all um, organs for transplantation, heart, lung, liver, kidneys, pancreas, bone, skin, ligaments, tendons, and eyes for transplantation. Mm-hmm. My role at LifeLink as the director of our multicultural program is to ensure that all people from the minority communities have the proper information as it pertains to organ and tissue donation. I said it was personal. Um, 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 Growing up as a young guy in Pittsburgh, Pennsylvania, um, I lost my mother at the age of 13. Um, My Mm. mother had a kidney transplant, kidney failure and a kidney transplant, but she only survived a year. I myself personally, after playing football and retiring and probably a year and a half after I got out of the NFL, I came down with kidney failure myself. Um, Fortunately for me, I've received a transplant, and I've had my transplant now for 25 and a half years and going Mm -hmm. strong. And I just made it, when I was on dialysis, a mission that I didn't want to see any other folks of color suffer the way that I saw my mother suffer, and go through what I did. Now, I didn't suffer, but just going through what I did, and I want to do everything in my power to see if I could change to make sure that more people of color 
were able to receive transplants. So that drive is personal, and even though it's my job, if I weren't getting paid a dime to do it, I would still mm-hmm. be out there on the battlefields making sure that we as people of color have our fair opportunities to receive, but yet we're also putting into the system so that our people can take out of the system. So what what are some of the apprehensions that you face when when you're you know presenting this to people of color some may be hesitant to you know agree to donate the the or, their organs when the time comes or have their organs donate donated what are some of the the apprehensions that 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 you the face or that you hear the biggest apprehension that I face and hear that my team hears a lot more than I do because I'm not as out there in the field as much anymore, but the biggest apprehension mm-hmm. is mistrust of health care um, mm-hmm. due to the Tuskegee study, and we're so close to Tuskegee being here in Georgia, um, yeah. that we don't trust the health care system. Um, we believe mm-hmm. that if we got into a car accident and we had organ donor on our driver's license, no one's going to save our life. They're just going to take our organs and give them to someone else. Um, I have some sad news for all of you who feel that way. That's not how it works. Healthcare professionals are there to save your life and not end your life, and their responsibility is just to call us when there's death. No one can talk to you about organ donation outside of LifeLink of Georgia. You know, there are things that are put into place. For example, if we'll use Grady Hospital as an example. If someone passes away at Grady Hospital, when the hospital talks to that family, the hospital could lose their Medicare funding. We're the only organization that can talk to families about organ and tissue and eye donation. So there are safeguards and mandates that are put into place to help Um, the community feel at ease is that that's not truly going to happen. But now on the flip side of that, why is it vitally important that we as people of color get involved? A few quick statistics. African Americans make up 68% of all patients on the list here in the state of Georgia. And when we look at kidneys alone, 97% of our African Americans waiting for organ uh, transplant are waiting for kidneys alone. Due to high blood pressure, diabetes, and obesity are the three cause, leading causes of kidney failure within the African-American community. Kidneys are the only organ that we do a genetic match for. And in most cases, it's best that your kidney comes from someone with your same ethnic background. So with all that being said and simply put, when we don't donate our organs upon the time of our death, then our people suffer and die on dialysis. And if you drive around the state of Georgia, there are dialysis centers all over this state. Mm -hmm. If you walk into one, I guarantee you 95% of those folks will look like you and I. Mm -hmm. Yeah. And so many of them in, you know, some of the areas of Atlanta that I've worked in and I've traveled in, I've seen a lot of centers, new centers. Yes. You know, opening up in those areas, enough that it it caught my attention. Uh, And and the numbers are so, you know, so astronomically high. If you and I and we got a couple partners and wanted to find some land and and say, hey, let's open up the Dallas Center, it will Mm -hmm. be full before we put that last brick in the wall. It will be full of patients. When we open up, we'll, we'll be full. That is the need because of our diet, lack of exercise, 
there's a lot of things, you know, we have this pandemic going on and, you know, I'm always trying to stay abreast of what's going on in the health community. And when I read that how this pandemic and this virus is affecting the African-American community, um, some say it's health disparities. And, and me, I say it's life disparities. You know, there are mm-hmm. things that um, we are not privy to, um, lack of health care, lack of financial well-being, a lot of those things. That's the same thing when you talk about organ donation and transplantation. The reason why a lot of our folks are on dialysis and need transplants is, is, is lack of health care, lack of diet, mm-hmm. poor diet. We got food deserts that are all over the place. Uh, we don't have adequate health care. Those are things that prevent us from going to the doctor. Then when we do go, our organs are failed and we have to start dialysis. Dialysis, fortunately, is funded by the federal government and state government. So you'll get the treatment if you have kidney failure. And here mm-hmm. in this state, you're considered disabled when you have kidney failure. So you'll get the support and you'll get money to sustain your family uh, because you'll either get Medicare or, or Social Security income, but we don't need all of our people on dialysis. I think if right. we change what we're doing and we we do things a little differently, you know, I, I get the opportunity to speak with a lot of churches and speak at a lot of churches, and I'm always so curious. Now, I ask the question to a lot of pastors and, 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 and faith leaders, why is it when there's food in the church it's always fried chicken? I can give you the menu. Mm. Every church you go to, I can give you the menu. It's fried chicken. Mac and cheese. Mac and cheese. It'll be some kind yeah. of rice pilaf. You're going to have you green right. beans, a roll, peach cobbler, and sweet tea. You're right. You're That's absolutely right. So my theory is when you give people free food, they're going to eat it. So if we change that concept instead of frying everything, what about bacon chicken, grilling chicken? What about turkey? What about different things that are a little bit more healthier? And I'm a firm believer in our community. It's been going on before I was here, and it's going to mm-hmm. probably be going on. Before. We get a lot of our information and guidance from our pastors and from churches. So if we change in the churches, then people will change. I'm just a firm believer, and I say that to every church that I go to. And I've gotten some churches to change where they say, Bobby, you know what? We don't fry anything in here anymore. And the folks, you know, just are doing things differently. And we yeah, have to different. start doing those things differently. And it's a it's a mindset and it's a cultural change. Um, I'm not from the south, from the north, east. And so the the things that I grew up on eating and when I first moved in the south, I had to adjust and now I love fried chicken. I don't I love fried chicken, but I have to eat it in moderation. Yes. Yes. And that and that's a that's a difficult that's a difficult thing to overcome because like you said, it's deeply rooted in the yes. culture. Yes. It is and, you know, it's almost an insult if you don't you know, especially if yes. you you know, start talking about not eating, you know, mama's fried chicken. Mm-hmm. You know, you playing with you playing with your life now. And 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 you're changing you're changing yeah. the mindset and and just a lot of things. I mean, even now, children with diabetes at five and six years old, that was never heard yeah. of. Right. And we there are things that we could change as people, and there's so many things about being healthy, being fit, and just walking. You know, I'm always sharing with folks when I speak is that 
it's interesting, you know, you, you, you look at, you know, you think you can be in the car with someone and feel, folks would drive around and around the parking lot till they find that mm-hmm. prime parking spot that's in front. Why are we always got to park in front? Why can't we park it back when we walk that fast? walk. When we have and more water. When we drink more water, it flushes the system. You know, I have this running thing with ranch dressing. You know, with ranch dressing, and I don't—I'm not a um, um, uh, ranch dressing or or mayonnaisey kind of person. So I'm a vinaigrette or an Italian. And I, you know, with some of my friends and go out to things. I said, I said, just look at these trends. I said, when I go to a function that's primarily African American, there's always ranch and blue cheese. I can never find Italian or vinaigrette. But when I go to a Caucasian function, they got vinaigrette and yeah. Italian. And it's mm-hmm. oil-based instead of all these things. Yeah. So I tell some of my friends, I said, what would ever happen if they stopped making Hidden Valley Ranch? What would we do? Mutiny. <laughs> you know, so I mean, you know, those are the things. And so, <laughs> you know, so my drive and my passion, mm-hmm. it's about health. It's about having a healthy heart. And I know, um, you know, after I got out of the, the league and, and my kidneys failed, and they were telling me, you know, it was hereditary and those kind of things. And, and I didn't believe it at first, but now because I have some other nieces and nephews who are on dialysis and who received transplant, mm-hmm. I sort of believe mm-hmm. it now. But right. it's a challenge to be healthy. And it's, you know, I've worked very hard to be where I am weight-wise. When I played football, I was 230 pounds and I played. Today I, I weigh like 224. Mm-hmm. So I'm under my plan weight when I played football, mm-hmm. but I work very mm-hmm. hard to do that, and I have to be disciplined to do that. And I just my dream and 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 my hope is that as people that we change and stop doing the things that we've always done. If we change, I think we'll have better results. We will enjoy life a lot better than what what is foreseeable that we're enjoying the way we're enjoying life now. It's that conversation in between the ears. Yes. And as, as you said, the mindset, that conversation and having to change that conversation and, and stick to that change. It, it's, it's different. And, and, and you know what else? My apology is that mm-hmm. we have to do a better job of reaching back and taking some of our young people along with us. Yeah. You know, you know, for so long I coached high school football here at several high schools in the Metro Atlanta area and I have kids that I coached twenty years ago. Coach Howard, they call me, we stay up to date and I'm a firm believer if we'd all just grab one. Just one. Mm-hmm. If you can if you can get more than one, that's great. But if you just grab one, just grab one and say, Hey young man, hey young lady, you're not doing this the right way. It doesn't matter if they got mother, father, auntie, big mama Mm -hmm. at home. It doesn't matter. Grab one. And it shouldn't matter Mm -hmm. who we have at home either. Because for all of us to be successful as as adults, we all had someone who grabbed us when we were younger. Mm -hmm. So if we just grab one. Yes. And we teach them the ways, then they can teach, and, and it becomes a continuum. But we're not grabbing one. Some of us are grabbing mm-hmm. one. Some of us are saying, well, that's their, that's their issue. Mm-hmm. And I struggle with that because I say, well, you didn't get to where you were by yourself. By yourself. That's right. And when you grab one 
you you know, I, I always say it was mentorship. When you grab one, it it's a lifetime commitment because when that young man or that young lady begins to trust you, you invest in them. It's it's a life it's a life long commitment even into yeah. adult like you said players that you coached years ago are probably parents themselves now it's a couple yes. of maybe parents you know, them not date uh, yourself but uh, <laughs> well, parents you know, no well, you know i have no shame and i told you this mm-hmm. i will be 56 on june 1st i am so proud because a lot of folks didn't think i would get this far so on, i am see? proud to be where yeah. i am i am proud to tell folks i am 56 there's a lot of guys i grew up with they didn't make it this far. Mm-hmm. So I That's am it. blessed and proud and happy. I want to tell you this quick thing about when you say mentorship. It yes. was a kid that I coached. And when I say he was probably the worst football player I ever coached in my Aww. years of high school playing, but what he did, he showed up to every single practice. Whatever I said, do this kid did it. He was just awful. I couldn't I couldn't remember this kid's name. I just knew he had big ears. So I gave him the nickname <laughs> Ears. So uh-huh. in during his senior year I said, I'm gonna get you in the game. I said, I trust me, I will find something for you to do. Put him in a couple games, he played, happiest kid. Fast forward to probably about eight years ago. I'm walking in Lenox Mall and I hear someone say, Hey coach, and I saw this grown man just running. So of course he, nobody's talking to me. I just moved to the side, go on past. Guy stopped. He said, Coach Howard, you don't remember me? And I was like, no. He took his hat off and those ears popped out. I said, ears. <laughs> and he said, Coach. He said, Coach, oh, Coach, you got to meet my wife. You got to meet my wife. So this lady comes with a stroller, had, you know, two little kids on each side and still pushing the stroller. She uh-huh. said, he said, honey, he said, this is the coach I told you about. He said, Coach, I just want to tell you, you never kicked me off the team. I was, I know I wasn't any good, but you helped me play. He said, I want to tell you, I'm getting ready to get my Ph.D. See that? This That's kid calls me about. every month. He said, Coach, I've been looking for you. And I tell folks, you never know what impact you're going to have on anyone's life. And but like I said, the kid came and I was teaching and teaching. He just, football mm-hmm. just wasn't his game, but he needed to be around. He needed to be in that environment. And he remembered that, isn't that something? Yes. It, it, you and know, I, and when you, and when you see, you know, when you have, I mean, what, what, what were you feeling in your heart, in your soul, when he came up and just started pouring out to you and introducing, telling his wife, "This is who I'm, who I was talking about." What I mean, what just, how did your heart feel? Look, I, I felt I was so happy, and, and I was like, wow. I mean, I, I, I really wanted to stand there and cry. I was like, wow. You know, you make mm-hmm. – and I said, you're, I'm making an impact. And I didn't think – you know, you're, you're coaching football. You want everybody to win. And this kid, he changed my whole perspective of how I started, mm-hmm. you know, start looking at coaching. Now there's some kids, you know, and I can't touch all of them, but I got kids calling me, coach. I'm doing this. My mother and father told me to call you before I made a decision. I mean, that that much influence you can have in a young person's life to help guide them. And they're having children and telling them, hey, remember I told you, this was the coach who coached me. You know, he told me this. I mean, there's guys even that I coach who played in the NFL that are in my chapter. They're always telling me, oh, this was my coach. That's my coach right there. That's Coach Howard. I mean, so it just, it, I always mm-hmm. say it's that gift that keeps on giving, you know. And we yeah. have a gift as people. Um, mentorship, just being alive is a gift. 
It truly is. It and truly if we is. share that gift and we're able to bless others, man, it's an awesome feeling uh, to just mm-hmm. be able to see others that, that you have touched or been a part of their lives and just see them transform into something that's – and you can stand there and be proud and say, wow, I had a hand in helping that young man and a hand in helping that young lady grow to be the person that they are today. Yes, and that is such a gift. That is such a a, a blessing. And you have shared so much with us. Go ahead. I'm sorry. Go ahead. No, I was going to say, and I know I ramble a lot, and I do want to apologize to your to your listening audience. I am just so passionate, <laughs> passionate about life. I'm passionate about people. I'm just mm-hmm. passionate about us living our best lives and getting everything we can out of life because we only get one shot at this. That's it. That's we only it. Get we one don't get shot. another Yeah, you don't yes, get two. We don't we don't get another round and this this has been a wonderful this has been a wonderful ramble. I'll say that. It's been a wonderful <laughs> ramble. It's been a great conversation because you have shared it, and and that's what this show is about. Having guests come on and share what it is they're, that they're passionate about. Share what it is that feeds their soul. You know, you may have heard me say at the top of the show, time is precious. Mm-hmm. It's the one thing that you cannot get back. So for those who choose to spend an hour listening to this show, I want them to hear passion. You know, I want them to hear the love of what it is that you're doing with this life that we have given. And we've only got, we, we're only given one. You know, what we're doing with this life that we're given and also how that conversation, I always say this, the conversation in between our ears affects what it is that we do each and every day, you know, uh, with our lives and and how we pour into others. So I thank you. No apologies necessary at all. I thank you so much because I know that you have enlightened, you have encouraged the listeners that are listening um, this evening. And I want to give a shout-out before, before I meant to do it at the top of the show, before I forget, I want to give a shout-out to uh, Mr. Brennan Francois for this connection. You know, uh, Mr. Francois is a, a gentleman who has been on this show and uh, has shared his journey as just as passionate about um, his journey and, and what, he, what, what it is that he does. He calls himself the Madnet Man, making a difference, and, and, and indeed he does. So I thank him so very much for this connection. Bobby, we only have a couple more minutes. I want to make sure that you share your information as to how the audience can connect with you and stay connected with you and support your journey and what it is that you're doing. Sure. Um, um, once again, my name is Bobby Howard, and if you are interested in more information or learning more about organ donation, you can reach me at Bobby, B-O-B-B-Y, dot Howard, H-O-W-A-R-D, at LifeLink, L-I-F-E-L-I-N-K, found dot org, or you can just simply give me a call at 770-225-225. Five four six five. If you're interested in anything about football and want us to be involved in it, you can reach me at B as in Bobby, H as in Howard, five zero nine four at Gmail, and um, that's how you can get in touch with me. I have truly enjoyed myself, and I just want to leave you guys with one little nugget. If we continue to sit by and do absolutely nothing, zero lives will be saved. Hmm. Mm. Wow, that's a drop the mic right there. That's a drop the mic right there. Bobby, thank you so much for being a part of this journey this evening. Thank you so much for this conversation. 
Ladies and gentlemen, Mr. Bobby Howard, please share this episode. Please stay connected with him and support what it is that he is doing in the community because he is truly a man that is passionate about what it is that he does. So make sure you go back and listen to this episode and make sure you share this episode. Also, don't forget my journey with Paula G. Thursday mornings, 1130 a.m. Eastern Standard Time on WATC2. That's T-O-O dot TV. You can also check out the show on Hulu, Roku, Apple TV. Truly, we're all over the place. Google Play. Um, and then DeKalb 25, the access channel, if you're in the DeKalb County, Georgia area, you can access it via DeKalb 25 as well. Also, our underwriters, we thank you all so much because we could not do what we do without you. Creekside Dental in Douglasville, Georgia, thank you so much. A good acting studio, Marietta, Georgia, my coffee shop at Eastlake in Atlanta. My homegrown folks right here, you all have been with me strong from the beginning Survival Radio Network, Clicks Photography with Clark Garrison. And again, a shout out to Clark and his family as Clark continues to recuperate. Lusu Designs, the producers of My Journey with Paula G, Positive Power 21 Christian Media, and Jerry Royce Live, LB Tax Service. Thank you all so very much. Please continue to stay safe out there as we continue to navigate this pandemic season. Thank you to V Ferg for the opening and closing theme song for the Paula G Show. And V Ferg's music can be found on Spotify, iTunes, and Tidal. I leave you all, as I do each and every week, the greatest, greatest conversation you will ever have is the one that takes place in between your ears. Ladies and gentlemen, what are you speaking to yourself? What is your I am? Thank you to my engineer, Roslyn. Ladies and gentlemen, thank you all so much for joining us. Stay safe. Until next time, embrace the journey.